Hey everybody, welcome to Ride Whatever Moto Podcast. I am your host, Matt, and we are excited to get you episode number two. We've had a great change in weather here. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all the bikes out on the road. We're going to talk about a new bike coming to market that I am super excited about, uh, as well as some other industry topics. Um, but before we get into that, I want to introduce our first segment of today's episode and our ongoing series, Writers Like You. We're going to bring in our guest for today. Hi, Brian. Hey. <laughs> So I wanted to What's start. Happening? Oh, nothing much, man. What are you? Uh, what are you doing? Other than sitting down and doing nothing, this. enjoying the day. Sweet. Great weekend. Yeah. Sweet. And it, it wouldn't be uh, a, another episode of Ride Whatever Moto without. What are we drinking? What are you drinking tonight, Brian? Well, it's my grandfather's recipe. It's uh, Jameson with ice cubes. Ooh, best two ingredients. I am drinking. Insert a... laugh track here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm drinking a Bowie Hellas Lager that you can't see because this is a audio-only podcast. Oh, uh, Bowie is good. Yeah, Bowie's, Bowie's super good beer. Killing it right now. They're they're sending out uh, local deliveries every week, so you can order online and get a local delivery to our area here in Portland from Astoria. Yeah, I've had I've also had a Rainier or two. So oh, that's a good staple. Or, yeah, or I, one or two. I may have day day drank yeah. some uh, Modellos today. So, all right, Brian. <laughs> so we're gonna start with some true or false questions, uh, just to lighten the mood here and uh, get to know you better. Brian, do you hold a record of any kind? That's not really a true or false question. You hold a record. That... No. Okay. False. False. I do not hold any record that I'm aware of. Definitely not in regards to motorcycles. Definitely, yeah. Well, that makes two of us. Uh, well, let's get to question two. You dabble in Volkswagen buses. <laughs> yeah, that's I more than dabble. That's probably my main thing. Way true. more than even motorcycles. Yeah. There we go. I'm big time into the. That's no, it's just a true. Sorry, that's a true. Yes. <laughs> and because nobody can see us tonight, uh, Brian has a beard. True or false? True. True. It is a very impressive beard. It's way better than mine. I live mine. in Portland. You have to. It's a requirement. It's the dress code. It's required here. Uh, can you eat a whole wheel of cheese in one setting? I bet I could, but that's probably a bad idea. So true, sure. Yeah, true. All right. Probably going to cut all that out, yeah. but... <laughs> <laughs> Last question, Brian scooters suck you know i'm gonna say false on that one i'm not gonna hate on anybody yeah that's and i actually kind of you know if you're out on two wheels and having a good time i don't give a crap what you're riding so yeah there we go that's what ride whatever moto is about uh ride whatever you want uh whenever you want all right so brian uh Obviously, you're a guest here, so you do ride motorcycles. Uh, what is your preferred category or segment of motorcycles? Your favorite type or style of bike to ride? I, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of more of like a cruiser style street bike. Uh, I mean, if I had one, I'd, you know, I'd like an older, you know, Harley or something like that. But I I I don't have the funds for something like that currently. But I kind of like, you know, 
kind of mini apes leaning back cruising. That's kind of my style. But I haven't tried a whole bunch of different styles either. I've, I'm actually super interested in uh, in kind of what the adventure bike kind of thing has to offer. They, for me, it rides a lot like a cruiser, but uh, obviously a way higher seat height. Um, it's very uh, yeah. That's where I can't quite get my head around yet is leaning that far forward. But uh, again, I mean, but it is something I like uh, getting out into some areas and be a little bit more versatile than just you know big fat heavy thing going down the highway that's me that heavy <laughs> thing going down the highway uh <laughs> so how long have you been riding brian i have been riding i guess it's been now i mean i'm not a long rider i, I mean i'm 48 years old and i started riding i think i was like 42 i've only been riding six seven years Oh. Uh, I've, uh, I've bought, yeah, I've never been riding. I mean, I rode when I was a kid a little bit here and there, but not, not anything serious. So I've really, I'm a pretty new, new rider. So I, uh, I kind of instantly fell in love with it, you know, just as something to, uh, I, I kind of knew what I sort of, I knew what I wanted out of it and I, like the style of bike and what I wanted to get out of it and that kind of thing. And that's why I, uh, but yeah, I don't have a tremendous amount of experience necessarily on, you know, like years and years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so I've been, yeah, I, that's kind of crazy. I've been riding since, uh, regularly riding and commuting since my, the year my daughter, my first daughter was born. So 2012. So I'm at about eight years now. Um, yeah, I think I probably pretty similar. I mean, but I know you're a way better rider than me. I've seen you. Uh, so you got that going for you. Maybe <laughs> I'm better than one person. <laughs> Woo! There you go. Yeah. But Hey, you know, it's not about. It's not, you get better by just riding, right? So, I mean, uh, it's true. I, I still do a bunch of really dumb things, probably. Um, well, not probably. I definitely do a lot of really dumb things when I'm on a bike still that I probably should know better than not to do. So, see, I'm the opposite. I don't. I do a lot of not dumb things. I'm like the most conservative rider of all my friends. I'm always the one at the back. I, I prefer to be at the back of the pack because I hate it when somebody's waiting behind me. I much prefer to just kind of just sort of cruise and go at whatever speed I like on. I went, I went down in my first year. My, my friend was behind me. We were up over by crown point on highway 30, just kind of doing a quick little day cruise. And I hit a little patch of gravel and I remember, I think I, I broke my hand. I broke my thumb. I think is what it was. And I was able to get a buddy to come pick up the bike and, or actually pick me up. And I went, took a car and he, he picked up my bike and limped it home with one peg from Crown Point. But the uh, I'm I'm pretty conservative as far as that sort of thing is concerned. I must prefer to go slower and check out the scenery. Yeah, I uh, I, I have times where I'm that way. Um, I have also times where I'm not <laughs> that way. Uh, well, good for you being a responsible. Well, my bike's not rider. A big my bike's not necessarily a big. Well, I'm not necessarily, I don't really have a big cornering bike like yours necessarily either, right? So I'm pretty slow around corners and stuff like that because I, I got a little spooked after that That when I went down, to be honest with you. So it's taken me quite a while to get uh, my courage back. It, my, my bike's kind of like a Corvette, you know, so it, it doesn't do corners well, but you give me a long straightaway, <laughs> I can go, I'll go, I'll go super fast, long and straight. But probably that's, more, that's where my courage kind of ends. Probably yeah. more reliable <laughs> than a Corvette, but... <laughs> to say that that is true um so well we're as we're talking about it brian what bike do you ride now 
So my, uh, I, I bought, uh, a, a bike off of a buddy of mine. It's a 2001 Yamaha V star 1100 classic. So, uh, typical old man bike, you know, it's just got the, it's got the bags and the fat, you know, the fat gaudy fenders and all that shit. Right. And so like the, uh, I had a vision for it pretty much right off the bat. And so I, I pretty much, I stripped it down. I, I cut off the rear, uh, I, I cut off the rear, um, uh, seat, uh, a pedestal and I, I put a whole bobber kit on it. Uh, so it, uh, it's really trimmed down now uh, to something that's a little bit more, um, uh, I don't know, stylish to my liking. I went and literally bought a piece of, uh, 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 I literally bought a piece of uh, a steel, rod steel to, at Home Depot and made me a sissy bar for it. Nice. And nice. that's, uh, got rid of all that stuff, even though n- now I'm, I'm rethinking some of those decisions, but I don't care. It's a fu- it's a super fun bike to ride. I, I, it's uh, pretty much a one-person bike now. I can't really have another person on it, but I don't know. Nobody wants to ride with me anyway, so I'm good. Yeah, no, no nut to butt action for us, I guess. No nuts to butts. <laughs> the uh, the uh, it's <laughs> yeah, it is kind of fun though because it, it. I mean, it is definitely. I, I did kind of make it into a Harley style, but it's not a. a but it's a Yamaha, so at least it starts every time. Yeah, and no pools of oil on the ground. Not that we're bashing on Harleys because no we're not. Pools of oil. <laughs> but no, uh, I love Harleys, dude. I want yeah. one really bad. I want one really bad, but I just, you know, I'm. I got this Volkswagen habit. Nice. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you. I've seen your bike. Obviously, you have the uh, uh, that hugger fender connected to your sissy bar, but mm-hmm. you still have your single mono shock yep. right under the seat. It's not not hardtail. Yeah. Yeah has the appearance no i mean i thought about hardtailing it only because like because I, I i like to go uh, there's a couple of trips i do with my friends where we go camping and you know i you strap all kinds of shit to it that's where i that's where i kind of miss the bags <laughs> to be honest with you but i do uh the problem is is like now my swing arm the fenders are directly attached to the swing arm so there's no detachment necessarily from the suspension so uh, whatever is sitting on top of that fender and attached to the sissy bar is bouncing up and down with a su- suspension, right? So like I'll have my sleeping bag and backpack, you know, hit me in the back as I'm driving down the road whenever I hit bumps. But <laughs> but I've had that thing pretty loaded down, even with wood and God knows what else. But Jeez, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds like fun. It wouldn't uh, be it wouldn't be fun if it wasn't at least a little bit sketchy. Yeah, yeah. You know uh, the. That's kind of the bobber thing, I think. I mean, I I, I liked. I had a 2014 Bolt uh, when I when I met you, Brian, when I started at. Um, I remember that bike. Yeah, and that that was a great yeah. bike. It had the bobber look and feel, but um, it just it was it didn't feel authentic to me. It didn't feel. I mean, I I bought it the way I bought it. I did a little bit of work on the front end, um, but yeah, other than yeah. some clip-on bars and uh, exhaust and uh, engine tuning. It was the body was stock and it was kind of it didn't feel as authentic as something like what you ride where you you stripped it down you made it yours yeah it's definitely i mean it's not a harley i will be very honest about that it is definitely not a harley but i i you know it's a style i like so i turned this old man v-star into a harley-ish looking bike that i'm into so yeah. and it sounds pretty good other than it has that uh 
it has that Japanese bike uh, chirp to it. You know, that high end chirp. Like I think it's the, the, you, you can't quite escape it. It doesn't have that, uh, even though I have a pretty good sounding exhaust to it, which I like, and it's loud as hell. The bike is really loud. However, you know, when you get on the, when you get on the, the throttle, it has that, it has that, you know, that, uh, that Yamaha still has that kind of that Yamaha whine to it, which I hate. I yeah. hate that sound. It's, uh... <laughs> I wish it was, had, had that more Harley sound, but. That was the thing that annoyed me about the bolt as well. Uh, it, you got all that lifter noise, all the valve, like the camshaft overhead cam noise. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, the valves are loud as hell on that thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, how loud can I make my exhaust? So I can't, I don't have to listen to this anymore, but uh, then my exhaust was too loud. So. And yeah, I, you know, and I, I get on my buddy's Dyna, you know, and that thing just has that, it just starts. And I mean, that's why Harley's have the popularity that they have you know, in that category is because that sound is, you know, it's, it's unmatchable, right? Yeah. It's a great, I mean, it's an amazing sound and it feels good. The engine noise is something that I think I've embraced of the year. So I ride the uh, 2018 tiger now and that thing's all engine noise. I mean, like I just, I hear that little triple just mm -hmm. uh, stroking and running away. And it's, it's not the, I kind of got over it over time, like got over the, the, the cool sound, but I, I, I still have room in my heart for a nice, wonderful sounding bike. Um, someday, I guess I'll, I'll I think your bike sounds great. It is. Your bike sounds like I would expect it to sound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. Uh, trying to think of some bikes that just don't sound sound how you want them to sound uh you wish they would sound better um i think like the smaller cc like the honda rebels for for that classic yeah. cheap standard look i i look at them and i expect them to sound better than they sound but they just they sound i guess you're you're getting what you pay for in that sense but yeah they just sound like a totally, totally. little cheap bike so speaking of smaller bikes brian um you do have another bike want to tell us about that one Yep, I have a, uh, I, I bugged my dad for years and years. He had a 65 Honda Dream, a uh, little 305cc uh, from that mid-60s family of bikes. They, I think they had the Scrambler, and they also had a uh, had the Dream. They had a Scrambler, and they had the Super... Oh, crap, I can't remember the name of it. Super Cub. Anyway, they... Uh, no, the Super Cub was the little, the little scooter guy. I have one of those in my garage, too. It's my brother's. He oh, has yeah. a 67 Super Cub. That's that's a little 50cc scooter kind of, but the okay. uh, Hawk, Super Hawk. Super Hawk, yes. Okay. Uh, but those, yeah, and those were those were tuned a little bit better. My my dad used to get in trouble in one of those back in the 60s. He should tell me. But the uh, the Dream I I was bugging bugging him about for years. I'm like, I I really want that Dream. And then one day I was in up at my dad's in Idaho, and I was uh, I was up there, and he goes. You know, he basically just gave it to me. Here you go. You can have the dream. And so I brought it home and, uh, you know, uh, didn't take much to get it running again. Uh, it, I, I, I'm, but the problem is I'm just too big of a guy for that bike. <laughs> it's a, it's a super rad, but it's all original. The only thing that's not original about it is, uh, I don't have the original mufflers cause they're really expensive to find NOS yeah. and the, the, the knockoffs are really, really cool are really crappy. So my dad, 
this is kind of the kind of crap my dad does, which I love him for, but he would, I think he, uh, I don't even know where these mufflers are, but they look, they have that sort of Cadillac style to them, the little fin on top. Okay. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Where they, that, you know, they have like a fin on top. He had cut down some mufflers that look like these, this cat. And you know what? They actually kind of match the dream. All right. They look okay. And they certainly work. They work fine. But, you know, I'm a little bit of a, with old stuff like that, I, I want to have, I'm, I'm kind of a original kind of guy. That's the kind of thing I want. Yeah. So, uh, uh, a, a so I haven't found that yet. And I was just saying a tribute to the, uh, to like the the way that design was back then and those bikes when they existed i think i you do them justice by keeping them original in my my perspective yeah. anyway i mean some i mean yeah me too i mean that's i mean i don't have any problem with people who customize things but i my own my own taste is i like i like things to be kind of original for the most part but i uh, except for my yamaha obviously <laughs> but, that's not know, a, that's a 2001, uh, 2001 right so who cares right yeah yeah, that's not that's not even close to classic yet, even though it's almost twenty years old when you think about it. But we're not going to think about that. I uh, so the the dream is super fun to ride. I mean, it's it's not. I took it on the freeway once, and God, I'll never do that again. That's <laughs> that was that scared the crap out of me. That thing was not. I mean, it probably could survive on the freeway if I you know had it tuned in a little bit better and that kind of thing. But you know, I'm still figuring out the. You know, you and I were talking about carburetors earlier. Uh, yeah, I've I've, I've rebuilt I've rebuilt the carburetor four times, and I still can't get it to run right. You know, the float there's always an issue with the float on those things. So, um, but it uh, right now it's kind of in storage. I, I've like I said, I've been working on my buses for a while, so I haven't uh, had much time for the dream. But I've actually been thinking about pulling it out. My dream was like like no pun intended. My dream was that my wife would would like that bike it'd be a perfect for her mm-hmm. but um we'll see we'll see it's a it's a it's a it's a cool little bike for sure yeah, yeah the uh i love to get all the little things running on it my uh the bike that got me into things that my dad had um i mentioned this in episode one uh the <clears throat> it was a 19 uh uh same same era uh cb160 so almost the same kind of style okay. as the dream. Um, super tiny. My dad had it in the garage. It was in pieces my entire childhood. And then when he sold it, I was so mad. But uh, I think <laughs> yeah, I'll my get... dad did that crap too. Yeah, I'm gonna get one of those. <laughs> I, I I think I'll have I'll have one of those. If not a dream, I mean something something that resembles that style um, is a goal of mine to have. I think someday. Just a. Uh, remind me what got me into motorcycling in the first place something to tinker with and yeah i don't know i'm kind of over old bikes right now i know now you got me thinking i'm like actually i'm actually thinking i'm not as interested in riding my yamaha right now <laughs> it's actually i still haven't dewinterized it yet either which i which is stupid i know I mean, it's beautiful <laughs> outside but like uh it's such a big bike though I, you know my commute we work together obviously so like yeah. i i my commute it's not even worth warming the bike up it's not certainly not worth putting the gear on to go to work for it's a seven minute commute i barely even get the bike warm but if i got the dream up and running again i would totally ride that to work again yeah i mean it like, actually got me inspired maybe i'll pull that thing out you should it's uh so i mean we we said we were going to talk about the weather a little bit so we had our nice shift into pretty much what feels like summer right now um we got uh 80s 80s the last couple days uh a little rain earlier in the week but it was a summer rain it was uh a warm humid rain yeah so 
a lot of bikes out and yeah i mean if anything during that weather it's pretty easy to strap on the minimalist amount of gear for your commute and run on down to the office so i hope to see it yeah yeah i i should it wouldn't take much it would probably take me a day to get the dream up and running i could get it out the door except for the fact that i still have idaho plates i need to actually get it licensed (laughs) but you know what during the pandemic i don't think cops care right now i don't i honestly don't think they'd even give me a second look at the moment so I mean, knock that's on... probably not something I should say on on a podcast. But... <laughs> knock knock on wood, but I don't think Portland police really care much about plates and stuff like that in general. I mean, especially in our neighborhood. No, the the tags on my the tags on one of my buses expired one year, and I remember I ran it for like a year on expired tags because yeah. it's kind of that that year. It, I have a I have a I have a VW bus that's that's uh, new enough that it requires going through DEQ. And getting through DEQ can sometimes be a major pain in the butt. Oh, I bet. So I went like a I went like a year. <laughs> oh, this man. is a few years ago, but like no one, no one. But every time I'd see a cop, I'd always like, eh. <laughs> you know. Well, but yeah, I'd probably be just fine, even with the Idaho plates. No one would probably care. Yeah, I don't think anyone would care. Um, so I mean, I probably guess we kind of touched on. Um, I did want to ask the favorite of the two, but I think we, uh, I think we all know the favorite of your two bikes right now, and that is the Dream. I think. I think the Lobby's my favorite. I mean, I love my Yamaha. It's like my, it's still my first bike. Like I said, I haven't been riding for years and years and years. I'm not like I haven't been through a hundred bikes. It's, it's riding is more of a social activity for me. It's you know I've got a I got a big group of friends that all ride, and it it was. Uh, you know, I kind of got into it uh, more because it was a there was a social part to it, and but I I grew to in, uh, pretty quickly to just enjoy the whole process. But I'm not exactly a thrill seeker, not like you, Matt. Ah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're mechanically inclined, <laughs> obviously, with all the bus work. Um, yeah. And you, I mean, you, it it seems natural to be taken back by something like. Uh, uh, like motorcycling, uh, just straight away, especially with the history of your dad having bikes and, and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. well, Brian, we did talk a little bit about your short commute and I did talk about gear. Um, and where do you stand on riding gear? I, I do know that I don't do it well enough that I should, as I should. I, I actually, I'm a full believer. I think it, I, what's that thing that people say the, all the gear all the time something yeah. like that yeah all the gear yeah. all the time so the uh, yeah uh i but i'm not a good practice i'm not very good in practice that i mean i always wear a helmet obviously but like uh but i'm usually fine in some thick jeans boots or you know a thick uh coat i don't <laughs> i'm kind of cheap i haven't bought myself a bunch of riding gear <laughs> so i don't have a ton necessarily of like quote unquote you know, the big padded jackets with all the Kevlar and all that crap, stuff like that. But I do believe in it. I think it's a great idea. That's what people should do. But I don't really practice what I preach necessarily. Uh, you know. Would you ever ride I think in it's what shorts. people should do. I did once. I did once. I did it once. Uh, this, this, I was on my Yamaha. And I, this, I used to live uh, further out in East County. And so my buddy had a half pipe. I had my skateboard strapped to my sissy bar and I was going to, I just, I just didn't feel like, and it was like 90 degrees. I did not feel like, 
because I knew I was I was just getting there, and we we're gonna ride the half pipe all night, and I just did not want to get all uh, geared out. So I I I wasn't in flip flops or anything. I still wore like skate shoes and uh, 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 a sweatshirt and and shorts. But I will never do it again. I I it scared the crap out of me. I did not like that feeling. I was riding down two hundred five, uh, you know, going you know, 65, 70 miles an hour. And I, I was like, I did not like that feeling at all. With my knees all out like that, I was like, oh, if anything happens, I am so screwed. Just the feeling of exposure so and how I didn't much want... skin, how much skin you would lose. It's, oh, oh yeah. God. Oh, skin would be gone. And I'm like, no, I, I, I mean, fine. I mean, I made it through fine. Obviously, I made it there. I made it home. But I, that's not the kind of thing I'm interested in doing again. Not, not my... I'll yeah. bring I'll bring the shorts with me and change into them. Yeah, I have I have a hard time uh, with switching from because uh, I I ride all year round, right? So um, I got my rain gear with my armored pants and uh, uh, armored ja- armored jacket. Switching to summertime riding for me, like I just wear jeans. Um, I do wear riding specific uh, motorcycle boots and. Um, a jacket mm-hmm. with back protector and all the all the things in there, but I have a hard time riding in jeans now. Uh, it, it just I have a I have a, obviously a much longer commute than you do. I got uh, I'm 70 miles about round yeah. trip. Um, so you had a pretty rad commute actually. <laughs> it, it's a good riding commute, I will say. Um, I mean, when you when you think about it, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I and I got all these random back roads I can take on the way home to make it more fun and exciting and not wear down the flat spot in my right. tires. But yeah, I mean, writing, yep. writing with more gear for me, um, it, it, it builds a sense of confidence. I think, uh, I mean, I used to, when yeah. I had the, when I had the Yamaha bolt, I would, uh, wear a three quarter helmet and a sweatshirt and I'd be cruising that same commute all day long. Um, I don't know if it's getting older or just getting wiser or what it is. I just, I can't do that anymore. I got, I mean, I got a, a lot of factors, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, uh, totally. That totally plays into everything, right? Like I knew so. I, I, maybe I saw it on Reddit or something like that where somebody had taken a, like, I think it was like at the 80 mile mark of their speedometer, they, they pasted a little, they uh, glued a little picture of their daughter's face. <laughs> like oh right, man yeah. right, right on like the 80 mile an hour mark like it's like so yeah if you're tempted to go any faster than <laughs> that might be a good yeah. idea for me but um, I, I i ride a three-quarter yeah yeah you have the full face too you, though you do pretty good on the gear you do pretty good in the gear i, I yeah i do have the full face i just yeah. i just don't have a great full face my full face is sort of like a, it was my first helmet and it was kind of a you know one of those uh you know, cycle gear place, you know, it's not the greatest mm-hmm. helmet in the world. So, uh, I don't ditch a, a vintage eighties helmet too, but that probably is not as safe either. But, uh, yeah. So uh, ironically, my three quarter is probably the, the, from a, uh, manufacturing point of view is probably the safest helmet I have, even though, except for the fact that my chin would shear off if I were to hit the ground, but the, uh, I do. It's hard for me though. Sometimes I really enjoy the half the joy of riding motorcycles is that wind in your face. And when you put on a full face, you miss part of that a little bit. You're right. 
yeah, yeah. You miss a little bit. I feel like I'm in a car again. And so it's like, it's, it, I don't know. You just got to make your choice. I don't, I, I, I enjoy full face too. Um, but uh, especially on a, it, it helps a lot with fatigue. If you're on a long, much longer ride, and if you're on a longer ride, especially if you have to do a lot of freeway, you mm-hmm. definitely want the full face. Yeah, I think for but, uh, uh, switching to like adventure helmets for me uh, with getting the tiger. I mean, I, I had to get a helmet that looked the part, I guess. Um, uh, I enjoyed uh, the. Oh, do you have one of those ones that that that, that converts into the? It's not a it's not a modular. No, not not like one a that, top uh, helmet. Yeah, no, not like that. Oh. But uh, the eye ports on adventure like ADV helmets, they're essentially adapted uh, motocross helmets. Uh, uh, made for the road and oh, they got the visor. Cool. yeah and so it's a bigger eye port yeah. i get you got the sun visor you can take on and off um i usually ride with it off but i ride with my goggles on my helmet all the time so uh i don't wear them on the way to work generally because they leave rings around my eyes so when i get to work and i have all these weird indentations in my face um i don't really like that but i do wear it on the way home so i can leave the visor up and i still get all that fresh air uh, yeah. but at least my chin is there if I went down still for the most part. Right. Now I've seen those, a buddy of mine has one of those, one of those, uh, a helmet similar to that. And yeah, that, that would be my, if I were going to buy another helmet, that's what I would get for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked a little bit, I guess on your history, Brian, um, you've been riding for about a similar time, time frame to me, got into it because of friends. Um, is there any more on your your dad and kind of bikes growing up and any bikes that may have influenced you along the way, things that you saw that you're just like, oh, shit, I got to have one of those uh, someday? Uh, I, I mean, when I was young, it would be dirt bikes. Um, I, I had zero interest in street bikes. Um, I don't know why, but it just did not do anything for me. It was It was when I... I guess right around the time I turned 40 or maybe a little bit before that, it was something, something clicked in me that went like, Oh, that actually looks like a lot of freaking fun. And, uh, but when I was a kid though, I mean, obviously like, uh, you know, having a little dirt bike and, you know, just tooling around and, you know, uh, or on trails and, uh, and things like that. I was never hardcore about it or, or anything like that, but it was nothing more than just messing around, but that, that would probably be the extent of it. I, for the most part, I kind of grew up in a car family, so I was much more into cars, you know. Yeah. Um, but as I got older, though, and now, as which is kind of funny, now I've had, I got a bigger interest in. Because <laughs> one thing about you know this the, my group of friends I hang out with, they're all awesome, but now they're all suddenly, you know, they've all moved away from. Well, not all of them, but the 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 big trend of these guys, they've moved away from. The, the Harley riding and gotten more into dirt bike riding, right? So now yeah. there's old man dirt bike riding. It all kind of, it's like an extension of skateboarding in a way. Almost everybody, all of us are all ex-skaters at some point or hmm. some level, right? We all used to ride skateboards for sure. And like, um, I think some of some of them have some BMX history and things like that too. But, uh, you know, but if there's a, I think there's kind of a, there's definitely a tie-in for this, this, this that sort of culture. And, uh, at least getting into the the Harley sort of things. And now, you know, uh, most of us went through in our early forties, uh, rediscovering skating again, okay, uh, yeah. uh, skateboarding. And, and most of us went through it and a lot of us have already moved past it. Now I'm like, okay, now I really feel too old to skate. However, a dirt bike 
<laughs> I don't have to power that myself. I that I that I can get a lot more of a uh, so which it's so it's been fun. But I it, to be honest with you, it's just like it's one hobby too many for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not ready to throw down the cash to invest in yet another style of bike and a whole different style of gear. Uh, I've got a friend of mine who's into it, and he's taken me up a couple of times, and it's freaking fun. I've had a great time. Uh, just going up and trail. I like trail riding. Trail riding is really fun. Oh yeah. Um, I'm not really a big like motocross and jumping triples, and I mean that's not my deal. But like I like, I like uh, just going out and riding trails out in like Tillamook National Forest and stuff is super fun. Yeah. You know, and you can kind of take that as your own pace. You can challenge yourself in whatever way you're comfortable with doing, uh, and you just you know you're out in nature and then you camp and you have a good time. But uh, I would think though as I I, you know, that if, if I were to, let's say, you know, uh, once we get past this, uh, these crazy pandemic and most likely recession times, uh, my next, uh, I would probably invest in a dirt bike setup for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's a, Cause a I think future, it'd be pretty fun. future pur- purchase for me as well. I mean, uh, so we don't have a good storage situation right now. So part of the reason I bought the tiger is I have the longer commute. It's really comfortable uh, for the longer commute. And I can blast down some uh, like forest service roads and stuff like that. I, I definitely wouldn't take it on single track, but right. um, I, I'm, I'm comfortable going around pretty much everywhere. It's a it's my Swiss Army bike uh, for the most part. I've taken it out on the beach. Right. Um, I hate sand, but it, it's pretty cool when you get to the hard stuff and just can cruise along, but... I yeah. think yeah, a dirt a dirt bike is in the future, um, especially getting uh, Adelaide, my uh, my oldest daughter. She's really into uh, wanting to get into riding, so uh, I think we're gonna have to buy some dirt bikes, I guess. Uh, oh, that's the that's the best thing for kids, like mm-hmm. getting kids into riding. Like I wish I could have got my daughter into something like that, but it just it just wasn't something that we were kind of focused on as a family at that point. You know, we're definitely you know we live in the middle. I got a small garage. It's full of VW crap. So <laughs> dirt bikes and stuff. I, I just haven't been able to find the space for it yet. But as I get older and I'm trying to find things to enter and, you know, uh, entertain myself, I, I, I definitely don't see myself as a, you know, I, I, I can see that I can see the, the, the appeal for a big bagger. Now I really like, God, some like, you know, like one of the, a, a street glide or something like that with a, with big bags, <laughs> It's so cheesy, but God, it sounds awesome right now. It sounds so comfortable and you could ride around. Um, but I think I'd have a little bit more fun while I'm still young enough. I think I'd like to, uh, you know, dink around on some trails and stuff like that, you know, yeah, keep yeah. myself healthy and in shape I just, as long as I don't hurt myself. Cause I know we're, yeah, my buddy of mine, he keeps, he keeps hurting himself on his dirt bike and he's a year younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> Wear but, the right gear. You know what? Take as take, long as I mean, you're not doing anything. Per- as long as you're not doing any permanent damage, you know it's all good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's it's funny you say the appeal of a bagger right now. Uh, um, as you get older, for for me, I mean, I'm I, I'm 34. So, uh, but I do have two kids, and getting the tiger. Um, my wife, one of the first things she said to me about that bike was, uh, it, "You got you got your dad bike." And I'm like, "Oh, really?" like had like this dad bod that's not a dad um, bike dude if, if uh, compared to what i used to ride i, I feel like it's that a is little not more, a dad bike 
And my, my dad had a no, so your bike when, is... when my parents split, he got a uh, uh, gosh, this is around 2004. It was a 2004 Goldwing. That's a dad bike. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. But I, I, I do get so the... the Yamaha V Star, by the way. That's a, definitely well, a dad bike. Yeah, yeah. Not not yours, but yeah, <laughs> the, the way they come out originally. So, well, uh, yeah. I think one uh, w- one more question for you, Brian. Um, you talked about going on rides with friends, and uh, even uh, your story about going down when you went uh, went out on a Highway Thirty ride. What's your favorite ride? Uh, either favorite ride to regularly do, or your favorite ride you've ever been on. I think so. I'll start with my the regular to, the regular to do because honestly, and, and me and me and the, the, the my my friend who who I ride with the most we if we kind of lament this a little bit where we kind of go like I just don't uh, the way Portland traffic can be it's hard to even get up the it's hard to even get up the desire to even start the bike up because what you want you're just going to start it up and you're just going to sit in traffic and it sucks but the uh if you can get out uh for if it was a daily thing just to go out and do a a ride out east county and go out uh you know like you know where bull run is like where the bull run reservoir and stuff is you can go out there between sandy and stuff like there's some great little there's some great roads out there it's super close to portland uh it's not super congested i mean you see plenty of bikes and things like that but that's i always think that's a good sign you know you can um uh, there's lots of just so many different ways you can walk around out there. Uh, that's that's one of my favorites, and that's what, like that, that's like a favorite. Uh, you know, if I had three hours to kill on a Saturday afternoon, that's what I would do. I think yeah. my favorite ride though is I really love heading out towards the beach. I, I love heading out to, um, you know, I mean any of any of the major roads, uh, Highway 30, 26, or six to Tillamook. They're all fun to do. Um, and then just going down 101 mm-hmm. and it's not just the riding experience. It's the entire experience. It's, you know, it's stopping at some dive bar or whatever and, and, and getting a cheap hot dog and, and a Rainier and then, and moving on. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's part of the experience. I think. Yeah. That's, uh, I think you, you know, hit the, hit I mean, there's so much cool opportunity. The, just the, the beach rides for me. I mean, my favorite ride is it's close to my house. I can connect to it. Um, I live, in a rural area close to Portland. So uh, I can jump over to uh, Vernonia pretty quickly. And then I ride 202 out to Astoria. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite rides. Uh, oh yeah. You, you start passing uh, as soon as you start getting close, you start getting that saltwater air um, stuff that you don't really mm-hmm. experience in a car. Uh, <coughs> uh, you get that full immersive experience, but yeah. yeah. I, and then also down to yeah highway six down to um, Tillamook is a, a beautiful ride as well. Well, and it's not just the the thing about riding motorcycles to me is it's not just the ride. It's, it's, it's where you're stopping along the Mm -hmm. way. It's the, uh, it's, it's kind of the whole package. And that's what I like about it. It's not just getting in and hitting curves as fast as you can. I know a lot of people like that sort of thing. It's, but that's, that's not my favorite part. My favorite part is, is, uh, hanging out with friends, uh, even though my friends are usually waiting for me at the end, they're usually waiting for me at every major intersection because I'm just toodling around the curves. <laughs> I don't care. I I got over being embarrassed about that years ago. I don't give a crap. Hey, but so, the, uh, someone's got to bring up the uh, rear. I though. just I just take it whatever speed I want. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah I, 
it's less about i think you hit that on the head it's less about the uh uh from getting from point A to point B, it's about the journey in between and the things you can enjoy along the way. Um, for, yeah, for some people, mm-hmm. life speeds up when they're on a bike, they're, they're hitting it really hard. I tend to do that sometimes, but I also, I also really enjoy just slowing down and taking everything in. You get, you get so much more of an immersive experience, a more visceral experience when you're on a bike, uh, versus commuting or traveling by car. That's true. That's true. I, I remember there was a time when I first started this whole thing where we, we, we would uh, we'd sit in my friend's garage. Um, I think I didn't have room in my garage at the time and my, my bike was sitting in his garage and uh, there were there were four or five bikes in there and you know we'd sit there in, in the middle of winter time and and we and we'd all be sitting there just looking at our bikes, hanging out, you know drinking beer, smoking cigars and things like that and we'd be staring at our bikes talking about the next time we got to ride our bikes. Yeah, yeah, I kind of miss that. We're not doing that as much as we used to, but, but I, it was it was super fun. Yeah, I had I, I tend to get uh, I think the more I ride, um, I mean, I ride in pretty much everything, but uh, snow and ice. I mean, it, it's kind of my big thing. Um, yeah, but eventually the rain just kind of gets depressing. I actually enjoy I've learned to enjoy riding in the rain. But the time it takes to gear up, uh, the time it takes when I get to the office to take all the gear off, hang it up to dry, get up and look presentable, um, is it gets a little daunting. And so I stop eventually during the rainy season, I stop riding um, as much at least. And yeah, I think uh, getting in the more the longer I've pushed my riding season into the rainy season, I get a little bit of like seasonal depression a little bit because like I'm, I, I sit, sit outside. I'll like, I'll go outside, have a, have a cigarette or something. And I'll, I'll look at my bike and I'll be like, man, I really want to get back on that thing. And it's this, a this experience of like, I don't know, warming experience, but also wanting to, uh, like longing for the days of summer. Um, and I, fortunately yeah. we're here now. So, <clears throat> well, it's funny cause you use it, cause I am probably the definition of fair weather rider. Cause I, I find riding in the rain scary. I, I will, I will do it. Like if I'm on a camping trip and we just do what we got to do. Right. So yeah. you just, you know, if you're on a, if you're on a mission, you're on a trip, you're, you got your gear all loaded up and you're camping and stuff. If it's raining, whatever, you know, screw it. You're just doing what you're doing and you, you deal with it. But, if I got my choice and it's raining, no, I don't start my bike up. <laughs> yeah, I'm a total with that. You're pretty good. You're pretty good at that stuff. I, I actually, I actually find, I, I would actually like to ride in the rain more just to build my confidence because it honestly scares the crap out of me. Yeah, it, it's riding in the rain. Yeah, it's a it's a learning curve for sure. Um, I mean, you go like cornering is a, it's kind of a different monster. Um, a lot of it is that you, you can still corner, you can still lean the bike. Um, it's just, it's, where do you, where do you draw the line? How do you do things differently? How do you break differently? Um, it's a, it's a well, look at, like a, look at any of the professional, look at any of those, like, uh, major races, you know, like, uh, I mean, most of them are like crotch rocket races where, uh, you know, I've, I, I don't know. I remember seeing one online where they were they were doing it in a downpour, an actual oh, ab- yeah. absolute downpour somewhere in Europe. Some yeah, crazy so pro- ass probably MotoGP uh, or World Moto race, right? Yeah, totally. And like 
those guys are leaning over the same as they would any day. And I go, okay, if you can do that, if those guys can do that, Brian, you can ride in a, yeah, <laughs> you can ride in a sprinkle and lean over into a curve and you'll be just fine. But it's, you know, it's everybody has their own definition of uh, confidence and, you know. Yeah, and I, I I'm I, I'm one that I, tenses I have to up. find my threshold. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. It's a, it's a, your butt pucker is about like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, uh, I've almost lost the rear end and most sided on a rainy corner close to my house. And, um, probably a few times, it's probably the corner that I take with the most confidence, but it's also the most humbling corner that I have. Uh, and cause again, I've, I've, I've almost dumped yeah. the bike about three or four times, but, um, uh, knock on wood, I have not yet. So. Isn't that fun that you have that though? Isn't that fun that you have that you have this corner that you know that you just can uh, every single day you can just hit it at a different you know at a, at a different point or a different speed and and uh, or or different weather conditions and figure out how to how, how to handle it. Yeah, you, you think I'd I don't have that on my commute. <laughs> Mine's a straight shot for like a half a mile. Yeah. No, I think I'm a mile and a half from work. Yeah, it's not. It's nice having that. You think I'd probably master that corner by now, but it, I mean, I think it's just that one corner. It's just every every uh, season, it's a different thing. It's either it's wet um, when it's warm out, it's great. But I mean, also there's other idiots that are cutting the corners and driving all crazy. Um, but then in the spring and fall, you get that uh, where they start putting the sand and the gravel and stuff on the roads. It gets super yeah. super. Uh, yeah, just uneasy. Um, uh, anyway, that's why um, I like riding, riding with my friends. We tend to warn each other about things like that. Yeah, as we come along. Yeah, that's one thing you I know? don't do enough so of can, is you know. ride with other people. Um, something I'm hoping to change, but it's uh, uh, it's hard. I mean, I'm I'm. Well, we haven't gone for a ride yet. We should. No, yeah, I kind of want to do that. Uh, getting up here in the summer, just uh getting getting the group that I, I actually in episode one i shared a photo of uh the bikes that used to be in the parking lot when uh it was your bike it was tanner's bike my bike jaren's bike and <laughs> uh merge's bike oh yeah so there was a time where there was five bikes in the parking oh, lot merge's bike that didn't last very long no i didn't but uh he went once and he was done yeah. no judgment but no yeah. i mean that that's, i get it I think that's what it's, it's the defining moment for a rider is you, you go down and are you going to get back on it or are you going to give it up? Uh, it's, well, I gotta uh, tell you, that's something that actually, that actually is something that's been really top of mind for me, you know, cause I go, uh, especially with what's going on with the, with the quarantine and everything like that with, with the COVID thing. It's like, honestly, I don't, I don't want to take up a hospital bed. <laughs> And yeah. uh, I, I know things here aren't as bad as they have been in other parts of the country. And I, I get that, but like, I don't, um, I don't know. I've, I've, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I get, sometimes I get a little bit, uh, you know, freaked out about being on a motorcycle in general, to be honest with you. Yeah. It, it, it can have its scary moments. Um, I mean, again, on, on my long commute, I think I, I mean, it's multiple times a week where I have a close call where either someone didn't see me, um, they start coming into my lane or... Yeah, it's usually, it's, it's usually not you. <laughs> it's yeah. usually somebody else. 
yeah and so i mean again i i touched on that uh on the last episode about uh as long as you're out there being responsible riding safely um not taking too many risks uh and you're also you're out there for a purpose right you're commuting um you commuting to the office or something like that not just going out for joy rides right now uh i think that's fine you treat things like you normally would in that regard but don't take risks. Don't don't increase your chances of having to take up a hospital bed that is not not available. So, um, yeah. yeah. But I, I, at the end of the day, we're all adults and we can all make decisions for ourselves. And uh, just don't make it a decision that affects other people. So you got me inspired, though. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta. I. I'm gonna go out there and fire some stuff up. Yeah, kick that dream over. Except for it's Mother's Day tomorrow, so I probably won't do it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was almost thinking about doing a little segment here. Uh, I was trying to see if my mom would join uh, on the podcast, just uh, so she could tell yeah. me how much she hates it. <laughs> hates me riding motorcycles. Um, but uh, yeah, that didn't yeah. work out. Um, so you know what's funny is my mom. My mom on. My mom on the social media was is you know, and she's she's pretty conservative about most things. But all of a sudden, one day on her on her feed was like a was like a look out for motorcycles. You you know you never know when you're gonna you know what one of those posts like and like I'm the only one in the whole family who rides motorcycle at this point. And I know my mom is like literally se- sending that out to the world in my behalf. Nice, nice. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Buy her the buy her the watch out for motorcycles uh, bumper sticker for Christmas or something, or maybe for Mother's Day. It's a good gift. Oh, that's a that's well, I already got her her Mother's Day gift. That's tomorrow. All right. But the uh, I I I but that's a good idea though. I should I should get her a bumper sticker. So, moving on here, um, as we're as we're dragging on here, uh, we got uh, want to talk a little bit about some motorcycle news. Our first topic here isn't really new uh, news. Uh, it did happen back in March, but I just wanted to talk about Harley right now. A um, couple of things here. So I'm been diving into uh, looking at a lot of different stocks um, with the market being way down right now uh, with the pandemic and our, our pending uh, recession. Uh, I've been keeping an eye on a lot of stocks, and Harley is one of those ones that I keep looking at. Uh, we have a company that uh, their CEO resigned uh, back in March. Uh, he was t- he was abruptly. Bar- he was yeah abruptly. He was burying the company. I mean, you have a, a very like the longest uh, running uh, manufacturer of motorcycles in America. The pro- definitely the most famous. Uh, but they've been, they've been making the dad bikes we were talking about, right? They're, they're, they've been making the bikes that are appealing to an older generation that is not necessarily riding anymore. Um, and yeah, yeah, the, the style of bike is cool, but what have they done to get people into riding again? And the answer is not much. Um, they, they've tried a few things and it just, uh, I mean, what do you think? I think. I don't think they as a brand are doing it, but I think other people have been doing it. I don't know if you ever followed the Rusty Butcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got some like like there's that there's that whole flat track racing thing, which I know Indian is super into. Oh, they're right? they're but, dominating. Like, the, yeah, like 
there's this whole like heavy bike taking a heavy bike and taking it off road sort of movement going on right now that is looks kind of fun i don't you know i don't know if it's something i would do necessarily but like um you know taking a taking a I mean, I mean, I don't even know what they're starting as a base bike. Maybe it's, I don't know if it's a Sportster or a Dyna or something, stripping it down and, and jumping the damn thing, you know? Well, they have... Um, but it's so, definitely not being... It's it's definitely not being run by Harley, though. It's other people doing it. No, you know? yeah, it's a, it's an aftermarket. I mean, it, if you look at Harley as a brand, right? I mean, yeah. they they were... They domi- They used to dominate flat track racing with the uh, uh, their, their 750 platform was the flat track bike to ride. Um, but Indian has come in with this resurgence of, uh, super hooligan racing and like this rung what you brung mentality that, uh, they, they have taken over the field. Um, and I I like to look at Indian and Harley like in the same light, right. Where you have, obviously Indian is not Indian motorcycles anymore. Right. Uh, they're, they're owned by other people I think, think they're owned by Polaris. Uh, I'll probably get corrected on that if I'm wrong. Um, but well, who the hell knows what brand is owned by owned by oh, who yeah. anymore? To yeah, be those, honest. that runs pretty deep. Not but, just in motorcycles, but kind of everywhere. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think that's the best thing that could happen to Harley right now is just is getting bought by yeah. somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing because they they're they're not yeah. pushing things forward. They're not getting people as a company. Like if if you have these third party these aftermarket people getting you in and getting your bikes to uh, a new to new riders and you're not doing that yourself uh i mean that's a problem um they did uh they put a ton of money into the live wire um their their first electric platform um and it's been getting some crazy awesome reviews but it's also a thirty thousand dollar motorcycle like so you're not you're not yeah. reaching out to when you, when you can get a street glide for 10 or no, no, maybe no well, 20. Sorry. Yeah. 20. You, but I mean, one, but, uh, they're, they're also <clears throat> going to be making, um, uh, some Chinese bikes. So there's a Chinese manufacturer that will be cranking out some Harley branded, uh, small displacement motorcycles. So that will be an interesting, um, interesting thing. I, I've been eyeballing the stock actually pretty closely. I think, uh, I, I pulled it up today just to double check where it was at. Um, um, but it's, I mean, it's about $21 a share right now. I think as, as soon as that goes below 15, I, I I'll still buy Harley stock. Cause that's when Harley. to buy Harley. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Time will tell. I think what happens with I'll Harley, 15. but I mean, 2020 obviously hasn't been good to anyone, but it definitely hasn't been good to Harley either. So, uh, time will tell to see if that, if the, the brand will continue on or if they'll get bought out. I, I, I kind of hope they do. So, um, that's a tough one. I don't know. Yeah. Do so, you like electric motorcycles? I, if I lived closer, um, I would own one. Um, I'm, I'm almost at did, the point Did you right watch now. Westworld at all? <laughs> I haven't watched the new did season. You, you watched no. the last season of Westworld? No. Yeah, so th- there's the 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 elect there's an electric motorcycle that's pretty like a autonomous electric motorcycle that's pretty prominent in that mo- in the the okay. season. The, I wasn't sold on electric motorcycles, but the biggest thing I have with an electric motorcycles is is 
since it's uh, there's no transmission necessarily in an electric motorcycle, there's no way to determine torque. <laughs> it's all right? computer. So like control. if you're in a if you're in a motocross, yeah. well if you're in a motocross situation, right? You go off a jump. How do you know where to position the when you land? Right? Because you don't necessarily there's no gear to be in necessarily, right? So it's yeah. like there's some stuff that needs to be figured out. Yeah, it, it's... I mean, I mean, I think it's great. I don't. I mean, I would, I would fully be into a electric everything, to be honest with you. But the, uh, but on the motorcycle front, like there's some certain things like oh, the technology. When it comes to racing, especially when you're racing something like uh, any sort of off-road situation or, or uh, where you're jumping and things like that, how do you, how do you figure out where, you, when you're in the air? Yeah. Yeah, that's a interesting thing. Actually, I listened to put that um, in your pipe and smoke it. There's a my favorite motorcycle podcast. Big shout out to Motorcycles and Misfits. They released a episode uh, from their vault uh, that had some audio issues, uh, but it was a wonderful, wonderful uh, interview with Gary Davis, a famous stuntman. Um, Gary Davis uh, talked about his. Uh, he he accomplished more jumps without crashing than Evil Knievel. Um, he beat all of Evil Knievel's records. He played Evil Knievel in movies. Uh, he, he's just a badass. But his big thing about uh, he's got a background in physics. And so he ran two speedometers on his motorcycles um, when he would do a jump. One that was giving him the speed of the rear wheel. One giving him the speed of the front wheel. And that's what he would do. Oh, wow. He would... he base all of his adjustments on that. So it might not necessarily be a gearing thing as much as uh, just making sure your, your, your speed is where it needs to be. Right. Uh, but for electric, no, it's, motors- like it's, it's imagine the whole paradigm. Like, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you actually judge? How do you actually judge a jump now? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that'd be interesting. I think on a commuting yeah. basis for me, um, a, the prices need to come down a little bit on electric bikes. Um, I shouldn't really, shouldn't be one to talk. Cause I mean, the tiger wasn't necessarily a cheap motorcycle. I did get a good deal. Um, but I probably could have bought an electric for that. Uh, but again, I, I need to be able to charge with my commute. The length it is now, I need to be able to charge at the office, um, and then charge when I get home. Um, but some company, I mean, zero's got, uh, some great products out there right now. Um, Energica is another company uh, from Italy uh, that has a really nice looking electric bike. And then actually at CES this year, uh, the first electric vehicle, I believe, to win the Innovation Awards uh, was a motorcycle out of Canada. Uh, What is it called? Uh, Innovation Awards, CES was uh, Damon Motorcycles out of British Columbia. they claim a uh, 200 horsepower, 200 mile an hour bike, and a 200 mile range. We, I mean, it, it's amazing. Um, Damn. It's got uh, ergonomic, uh, automated uh, ergonomic controls. So uh, your handlebars will and foot pegs will move um, with uh, either hydraulic or some some system where you can go into a crouched uh, track day riding position or get a little more upright. Um, it's a super cool bike, That's but crazy. again, it's going to be a 20 plus thousand dollar motorcycle. And so um, yeah. 
but that's that's the technology that needs to happen right now. Uh, I think eventually yeah. I will I will own an electric. I don't think bike. motorcycles should be more than ten. Uh, I don't think any motorcycle should be more than ten thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, if you think about it, it's like it's the know, same way that like supercars and things like that push the automotive industry. The most the more expensive motorcycles do yeah, push totally. the. Uh, motorcycle inju- uh, industry it's like i think about bikes that when abs came out and fuel injection those were the higher end bikes that had it eventually it all trickles down so yeah um but that does get me uh, totally. uh, uh onto our next topic here uh a bike that i'm really excited about is the ktm adventure 390 so obviously being an adventure bike guy um or considering myself an adventure bike at least i ride one um I'm excited for these smaller displacement, lightweight adventure motorcycles. Um, uh, it's it's going to be the uh, a foundation for building up new riders in different segments like adventure riding. Um, in theory, uh, I don't see a base MSRP for it, but I imagine it being around the uh, under $10,000 mark for the 390. Um if it follows suit with the, uh, the 390 platform in general from KTM. Uh, but Brian, I just wanted, uh, what's your take? Are small displacement bikes, um, what's the good and bad on those things um, in your eyes? Small displacement bikes? Yeah, so you got the 305, yeah. obviously, the Dream, and then you got the 1100, obviously two different eras, right? But um, is is there are small displacement bikes? Well, I guess it depends on the rider, right? Yeah. No, I think it depends on the rider, right? Like, uh, uh, I think small displacements better in a lot of ways because honestly, you don't necessarily need super bikes out there every day. Like, I, I can hear from my house all the douchebags <laughs> revving their shit up riding down, you know, <laughs> you know, ten blocks or twenty blocks away from me. Right, you know that we don't we don't we don't need a track we don't need track day out on the regular streets every single day. No, yeah, but, and uh, I think with modern technology, right? I mean, you can get a lot of. I mean, mm-hmm. I had a I had a six ninety single, right? That bike was way more than enough for me. The Tiger's an eight hundred. It's way more than enough for me. Um, I I don't imagine ever needing the power of anything bigger. I think the Tiger almost has. I mean, it's a good power curve, and it uh, for what the purposes of the bike are, right? Um, I got I got enough power, and I have it when I need it. Um, but uh, th- that gets me to something that really annoys me. Is uh, I mean, you probably get this uh, with the uh, the Yamaha. Uh, someone walks up, they say, "Hey, nice bike. How many CCs is that?" It is one of the most <laughs> annoying questions I ever hear because th- it's like you're basing. Uh, so when I had the Bolt, they'd walk up. A lot of people would mistake it for a Harley because, I mean, yeah, obviously we, we, we get why the it Bolt. Was a Harley, it was a Harley knockoff. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, they come up. You're like, oh, hey, nice bike. How many CCs is that? And I'd say, oh, it's a 950. And they're like, oh, <laughs> 950. It's like, like the fuck that does even matters, right? I mean, like the 950 was plenty <laughs> of enough power for me. Um, the 800, the 690, I've never had – if if it's if the bike's not putting out enough power, I'm probably not gonna ride it. I'm probably not gonna own it. Um, it right because that's not what's right for me. For it's right for other people. Um, but the fact that we have people basing so much information and asking this annoying question over and over and over again 
of rate essentially rating the bikes and their opinion about their bike versus how many cc's this myth that you have to have a leader bike for everyday riding that you have to have these massive massive engine and massive specs to be able to get by and have a fun ride some of the most fun bikes i've ever ridden are smaller bikes it's it's way more fun to ride a small bike fast than ride a fast bike slow (laughs) well it also helps if you're you know maybe if you weren't such a fat ass you know you wouldn't need so many damn cc's but you know, dad bikes hashtag whatever. dad bikes hashtag dad bike but yeah. i'm super stoked for the uh the ktm adventure 390 um uh someday when uh our youngest is a little older uh we'll be getting my wife a bike and i mean i'm definitely eyeballing this one um i mean its closest competitor is the bmw 310gs another small displacement bike um uh, adventure bike, but the, the KTM has the right equipment, I think for more off-road based riding. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that one. Just don't, if you're going to ride an adventure bike, just don't, don't succumb to the, to the, to the unitard, you know, like there's the, something about the one piece adventure bike stitch. riders that the, the one piece arrow stitch, I'm going to sit up straight and ride <laughs> with a modular helmet. I, that, Okay, there, there's there's one place where I get a little prejudice. I that that look is not not my thing. Yeah, I'm not I, gonna I, wear the the unisuit with the modular helmet and the. Uh, I'm sure it's practical as hell. I get it. Yeah, it's not my not my not my bag, baby. Yeah, it's it, it's been an interesting thing jumping on. Uh, and and I mean, I'm riding an adventure bike for a year now. Um, I do have kind of some of the more nerdy adventure gear. But yeah, yeah. I but you know. ride I, that adventure bike like a crotch rocket, man. <laughs> I, I I do ride a little bit hooligan. Um, there's been one or two sidewalks yeah. I've had to jump over to get around traffic. So, um, and not confirming or denying that I do lane I do lane split occasionally. Um, but yeah, it I mean, should it, be legal here. It should it, be. It's about time. So, uh, email your a douchebag about it senators and uh congress people and and get it on it's it's about it's on the floor of uh the oregon legislature uh about every year and it just it doesn't get the votes to move beyond the floor so we need well, it well the problem is those those guys that go like they they lane split and go 60 which is bullshit yeah know? i mean i mean th- th- we have a watered down version that's if, if been... traffic if traffic's if traffic's going 10 and you're going 60, that's bullshit. You should, you know, yeah. there's, that's irresponsible. Yeah. And I mean, that but, you know, there's my dad too. talking again. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it does scare the crap out of me. I remember driving along in traffic in a car. I was in a truck and, and all of a sudden a motorcycle just went, wow, right by me. It scared the crap out of me. I'm like, that's not cool. There is still, it, it, but the the fact is, is the the st- statistics remain that even though people are doing stupid shit and just uh, freaking twisting their throttle full open through traffic, there's still less wrecks. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So that's not our hot topic this week. It might be a hot topic for further week, but uh, for our last segment today, lane splitting uh, could be its own episode. Oh man, I yeah. <laughs> And there's a lot of research that you can do on that. And um, I, I recommend that, I mean, 
everybody look into it. Everybody learn their, uh, what it's about, why it can help. Um, and also like just raise awareness because drivers don't know and they don't care. And even if it gets passed, they're not going to know that it was passed. They're going to think you're doing something stupid and illegal and they're going to do stupid driver things. So exactly. Well, so our last segment here is our hot topic of the week. Uh, we've kind of touched on it a couple times going through this episode, but I wanted to talk about the stigma of all the gear all the time, or otherwise known as at get. Uh, you hear a lot of like kind of hate poking fun at people who are about riding gear. I mean, we just kind of had a little bit of a laugh over the adventure riding suits, right? Those are super safe, super functional gear. Um, I think uh, it's based on personal <laughs> dorky, preference. but very functional. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, you have all these different safety regulations that don't necessarily, and this is another topic that it can be a whole episode on it in and of itself. There's a lot of great content out there right now. I actually recommend uh, looking up uh, on YouTube uh, Fort nine. They do a really good, uh, it's in a style of a murder mystery almost um, about DOT regulations and how they're not suitable for regulating anything. Um, and then goes into other, uh, 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 ratings like Snell and ECE ratings. Um, highly recommend it. But should we be gearing up? I, you see it a lot. You see people buy a bike and spend a ton of money on the bike and $100 on a helmet. The cheapest helmet they can afford. Um, and that's guilty. Generally, I mean, hey, I, I did it too, and I, I still have one of my cheap helmets, and I, I still don't spend a crazy amount on helmets, but I also don't wear them longer than, I don't know, two to three years before I get another one, um, yeah. but I, I do try to look for uh, ratings better than DOT, um, so uh, my two helmets that I ride with now, um, one is Snell rated, the other has a decent ECE rating, Um it can't stop there too. I mean, I look at the jackets. I used to just wear a basic leather jacket as my waterproof layer and there's no armor in it or anything. And, um, I mean, I, I want something to protect my spine. If I go down, like, I mean, sure. I'm still going to be bruised and beat up, but I think it's the, it's got to make a difference, uh, versus nothing. So again, I get lazy with wearing gear, but, uh, why why people take a stance on kind of hating people who wear gear and preach it i mean don't be preachy i guess but why why make fun of people for choosing to be safe and inspire confidence in their writing i don't get it well you know what's funny about that is there's a there's a very di almost direct uh, comparison you can make right now going on with COVID. I believe because you know, like yeah. there's some people who like scoff at scoff at you for just wearing a mask, right? Yeah, because you're just trying to do the right thing to do. Governor or the you know all the scientists say to do wearing a mask, and some people look at you like you're a like you're an idiot. Oh, look at you wearing your mask. Yeah, and you're like, you know, people have been saying that about. Most Motorcycles for years. I think if you want to wear a suit of freaking armor, who am I to judge, man? You, you, whatever you got to wear, whatever makes you feel comfortable. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think I uh, personally ought to wear more. <laughs> I will say, uh, yeah, people scoffing at the face mask things. I mean, it, it, it's ha- it happens like like right now with that. But uh, I do feel it's different because my best argument with the face masks that I heard was, hey, if everybody didn't wear clothes and you're out in public and some dude decided, hey, I'm going to pee on you. There is nothing between his pee and your leg. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you decide to wear jeans and the other guy's still naked, walks up, decides to pee on you, you get a little less pee on your skin, but you still get peed on. But if the guy that is going to do the peeing is wearing jeans, all that pee still in his pants. Yep. So, I, yep. Totally. I guess you can't really say that about wearing gear when you're riding, but. It's the same thing. Whatever you decide to make yourself well, not safe, that part of it's not the same. But yeah, it's more the social part of it is the same. Like the, they, people are judging you for whether or not you're wearing it or not, right? Yeah, I find it funny that people are judging you for wearing it. I do. I do recommend. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be judgy about it, but I do recommend that everybody wear an appropriate amount of gear. At minimum, for me, uh, is some sort of riding based shoe. Um, so something with malleolus protection. Um, and that's going to keep my foot from twisting and ripping off so I can walk the rest of my life. If I go down, I'd like that. Um, a jacket with uh, shoulder and back, pro- uh, shoulder, elbow and back protector. Um, I'm not one for a chest protector. Um, I find them actually very restricting and also generally you're not going to go down on your chest. So gloves, something to keep my pinky from ripping off my hand if I go down for a slide. Uh, And obviously a good helmet, um, a good full face helmet. Those are my minimum. If it's raining or there's uh, harsher weather conditions and the risks are a little higher, I wear my uh, my overpants with uh, uh, hip, knee and uh, tailbone protection. Those are the choices I make. I do recommend that if you're going to spend the money on a bike, you spend a, you spend a decent amount on at least some basic gear. It's kind of funny. That's cause that's a hard ask, right? Cause yeah. like, like I know that a lot of people think like it's hard enough just to buy the bike. And then you realize, Oh God, you got to drop another like 500 bucks just to on the gear. You know, if you're going to do it right, at least. Yeah. And that's, and that's the low end, right? Yeah, totally. And like, it's, yeah. Anyway, yeah, whatever whatever you decide to uh, buy or ride a bike, budget some money for gear at least. Also, there's a lot of free resources out there. Um, there's a, uh, a lot of gear giveaways. Also, a decent helmet. You can get a decent helmet for 100 150 bucks, and you can get a decent jacket for the same. Um, a lot of people, I think, are more focused on style with their first bike that they don't buy generally the safest gear. They buy the one that fits their style. Um, and again, guilty. Um, guilty on that as well. Can I get one of those helmets with the big red mohawk on the top? I like the the one that looks like the Predator head. Wear one of those. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, anyway, well, we've been droning on for long enough, I think, here. Brian, thank you very much for joining me. Um, for our another early episode of the Ride Whatever Moto podcast. Uh, hope you had a little bit of fun and uh, enough Jameson to keep you entertained. <laughs> keep me... <laughs> I did. It was great. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, 
again <laughs> so uh everybody yeah we're on facebook ride dot whatever mode dot moto ride dot whatever dot moto um we you can also find us on all major podcast platforms uh generally releasing new episodes every two weeks uh thanks for tuning in please join us on facebook uh like share um all those great things and let us know what you think um post your questions and uh comments and feedback so uh with that we are out of here thanks brian and thank you for listening